grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, our text today is from Genesis chapter 3. The snake, who's the devil, was more clever than all the wild animals that the Lord had made. And he asked the woman, did God really say? Dear friends of Christ, that word really is an interesting word. It's really, really an interesting word because it has so many different meaningful uh, ways of saying it that convey a different meaning. For example, uh, you can use really as a question. Really? Uh, you can use really as, as gossip. Really? Uh, you can use really as an as uh, expression of interest. Really? Or you can use it as an expression of doubt. Really? You can use it also as an expression of belief. Really? Or an expression of unbelief. Really? Really is really an interesting word, and it's a word that Satan used to challenge Adam and Eve in the garden. Did God really say? There our first parents were. And they were freshly created, newly minted, right out of the, uh, uh, of course, uh, Adam right out of the earth, and Eve from his rib. He placed them in the garden, and he said, now go out, be fruitful, and multiply, fill the earth. Have a lot of babies. Really, I mean it. The instructions were clear. You may surely eat of any tree of the garden. All the trees are yours. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Well, the message was clear, right? That's not confusing. Our first parents were not free to determine for themselves what they wanted to be right or wrong. No, God told them. God told them what to do. God told them what not to do. And he told them if they ate the forbidden fruit, they would surely what? Die. Oh, they, they got the message. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The message was clear, straightforward, simple. They were to do this, not to do that. God meant what he said. He really did. And so let's consider our theme. Life is really precious. Our text this morning says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And Satan was saying, No, no, God did not mean what God said. I know God said it, but God didn't mean it that way. Really? Hmm. Now, Eve had a problem. Eve told Satan what she had heard from God. And Eve said, well, I heard this from God. God said, if I eat it, I'll surely die. And so there's no misunderstanding Eve had gotten the message. The message was simple. The message was delivered. And the message was received. Eat and die. Yet Satan had planted the seed of doubt 
And in that fertile ground of the seed of doubt, he planted his lie. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. Really, you won't. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. Really? You'll be like God, knowing good from evil. Really, isn't that great? And Eve knew the message. Satan's message was clear. Satan's message was simple. Satan's message was sent and Satan's message was received. And Satan's really enticed. It enticed her. And Adam and Eve had a choice to make. Who was really telling the truth? And so they considered all this. The woman struggled with all of it, as it says in our text. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise... She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. They both ended out deciding that God really does not tell the truth. He really doesn't. And in that moment, Adam and Eve gave birth to doubt of man. Did God really say? And it's a doubt that we've been expressing ever since. You know, a couple lived together. Did God really say? I, really? The expression of doubt, the denial of God's truth, it stems from Satan's ancient lie in the garden, and it's found everywhere in the world today. Really? The Bible's true, really? And it was found in Jesus' day, too. The people of Jesus from Jesus' hometown, Nazareth, uh, they had learned that Jesus was now starting his public ministry and Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah, the chosen one of God, God himself. <laughs> and they said, I, I know Mary, I know Joseph, we know Jesus. And they expressed their doubt. Is this really true? Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? So how does Jesus now say to us, I've come down from heaven? They had a problem with this, Jesus saying, I came down from heaven. You guys were born by mothers and stuff, but I came down from heaven. It was beyond their belief that Jesus could be saying these words. And their doubt echoed the sentiment of Satan from the garden did God really say? And later Jesus taught them. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, unless you drink His blood, you'll have no life in you. Really? Eat His body. Really? Drink his blood? And you have life in you, really? And even the disciples expressed, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? 
And soon, many of his disciples turned back and, were no, and no longer walked with him, the Bible says. The teaching was too much for them. Because they, they thought God would never do such a thing. Really. This sense of conviction, really, is born out of the certainty of our own thoughts. It's born out of Satan's lie in the garden, and it's woven deep inside each of us. It started in the garden when our parents snacked on that forbidden fruit, and it continues in the harvest of our own sin. And yet God's message to such sinners hasn't changed. You eat of the lie and you will die. God's really clear with his message. And we know what he desires. Unfortunately, as sinners, it seems we don't care because we still prefer, we still prefer our own clarity our own perceptions, and with our gaze fixed on ourselves, we express what is inside with our own convictions and how sure we are of the statements of fact that we set forth as truth. Our sin is embedded in us from the Garden of Eden, did God really say. And that sin rears its ugly head in the issues of life. The issues of life that are before us today, an uncoupled, an unmarried couple discovers that they're pregnant and they struggle with that news, that they're soon to be parents. And while many couples would long to hear that news and welcome that as good news, this, this news for this couple is unwelcomed. Matter of fact, it's not only unwelcomed, they don't see it as a blessing, they see it as a curse. And here's the reality. They have a problem to deal with. And the problem's the baby. And so they consider abortion. After all, the couple is counseled. It's not really a life. It's just a blob of tissue. And instead of looking forward to one day bouncing the baby on their knee uh, and having that baby be their child, they determine that the solution to the problem is found in the sage advice, it really isn't living. It really isn't. And that really rings so true in their ears and rings so true in their hearts. And we see Satan's lie played out again around the world on a daily basis. Uh, There's another home, and in this home... A man and woman are living together. There's no commitment. They're not married. They have no intention to be married. But uh, the news comes that she's pregnant. She does not want to tell the man she's living with because it won't be received well. She's scared of what he's going to say. She's scared of what he's going to do to her. And so she makes a choice, decides to play it safe. Because she doesn't want to be exposed to an abusive man. And she reasons, I really don't want to deal with all that pain. And the whole thing is played out again when a husband tells her wife, 
the wife tells her husband that she's pregnant, and this time they're married, and, and the wife is certain that the husband is going to uh, you know, receive the news with a welcome heart, but the husband's reaction is just the opposite. We can't afford a child right now. And we can't afford a child at this stage of our lives. What were you thinking? And instead of thinking about how one day that baby would learn to walk and that baby would learn to talk and, and that they'd hold that baby instead of watching the baby crawl for the first time and take that first steps and catch a ball, uh, scream with delight when daddy walks in the door, all the daddy can think of is financial concerns and financial burdens. We can't have this child. We really can't. Now, there are so many other scenarios. Think about the couple who learns that their unborn child is a, a special needs child. And they don't want a child like that. It wasn't part of their plan, wasn't part of their dream, and that's a lifelong burden. And they reason it really isn't fair. Other couples get normal babies. And seeing the pregnancy is a problem, they make a choice. And do they choose life? Satan's lie, did God really say, also comes to bear when we make decisions about the elderly. Should we let them die? Should we let them suffer? They really don't have a quality of life. And then people begin to rationalize, you know, mom, mom wants to die anyway, Mom's tired of living, Mom, and Mom needs to die because we really can't afford to keep her alive. We can't afford the nursing home. It's going to eat up the whole estate. And the suggestion is made to withhold food and water. And all this started in the garden. Eat of the fruit and you will die. And Jesus witnessed it with His disciples. Did God really say... And and we find it all around us. Satan's lie. Did God actually say? In fact, at times we might find ourselves voicing the same expression of doubt and asking the same question. It kind of reminds me of, though, uh, you know, the story of Mary and Elizabeth. You know, Mary and Elizabeth um, were both pregnant. Mary pregnant with Jesus and her cousin Elizabeth pregnant with John the Baptist. And so Mary, being pregnant with Jesus, goes to visit her cousin. And the text says in Luke, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in her womb leaped. Catch it? What did God really say? The baby in her womb leaped. The baby. Luke also records Jesus' birth, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And you say, well, that baby was already born. Ah, uh, yes, but the word for baby here is brephos in Greek. And brephos includes the baby that's in the womb or the baby that's out of the womb. The brephos is 
a baby. Did God really say? And the truth comes to us. Do we stand up? Do we stand up as Christians to proclaim what God deems is true? Do we become a voice for life? God needs our voice. He really does. God needs your voice. He really does. Why? Because his message of life is really true. Mary's baby was eventually born, and of course, uh, he grew up, he learned to walk, and then he started his earthly ministry, revealed himself as, as the Messiah. Uh, three years later, he was crucified for our sins, but the people did not value his life. They devalued his life. And you know what happens when people devalue life? They die. And just like today, people don't value the life that's hidden in the womb. People didn't value the divine life that was hidden in the, in the body of Christ. And they crucified Him. That's what happens when people devalue life. They think it's really okay to smother the life of another. 60 million. 60 million babies, and, and amidst all that, Jesus still dies for us. Isn't that remarkable? He still loves us. The sacrifice of sin is paid, and on the third day He rose from the grave, and, and now Jesus comes to wash us with His victory. Listen, this is a sin that's been played out. One out of four women have an abortion. You know, I'm speaking to somebody who struggled with all that. Men and women. And you carry a guilt and you think, what was I thinking? Can God forgive me? And then you hear that Jesus comes and he dies for sinners. And he washes us with the living waters of baptism. And he gives you that gift. And you say, I don't deserve this gift. I can't be washed. And God says, you are. Your sins are washed away. And you carry that shame and you carry that concern. And you, you share the grief of your lost child. You think about that lost child all the time. But the waters of grief pour over that wound and heal that wound. And you say, it can't. Can he really forgive me? Can he really wash away that stain? But it is, as the Apostle Peter said when he spoke of Jesus, spoke to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life, and these words of eternal life come to you, and they're delivered to you. The words of eternal life are yours, really. <laughs> they really are. It's God's truth declared to you, and really is a message for all people. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and life everlasting. Amen.